We're reading together from the Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm. Let us hear God's word as we read this familiar psalm together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And we know that God will bless the reading of his precious, infallible, inspired, and inerrant word to all our hearts. I want to speak to you from this psalm tonight, the Psalm 23. And the theme is comfort and consolation. Comfort and consolation. Psalm 23 is no doubt of all the psalms the best known. And even many people who are non-church-going and even irreligious will often refer to the 23rd Psalm at a time of death and will want it sung or read at their funeral service. It is a psalm that brings great comfort in times of trouble, especially amidst the tears of sorrow and loss. And how many times we have turned to the psalm and received that soothing and that comfort, that strength and that succor when we needed it most. See, it's Spurgeon known as the Prince of Preachers. In referring to the shepherd mentioned in the psalm, he said this, If he be a shepherd to no one else, he is a shepherd to me. He cares for me. He watches over me and preserves me. After the funeral of his first wife, the late Donald Gray Barnhouse, a distinguished pastor of the 10th Presbyterian Church, in Philadelphia, USA, was thinking how he could convey to his young children the loss of their mother. As he tried to conjure up words of comfort, the shadow of a large van passed over their car as they were driving along the highway. Instantly, Barnhouse thought of the words needed at that moment. Children, he said, would you rather be run over by a truck or by its shadow? The children quickly answered, well, of course, Dad, we'd much rather be run over by its shadow, for the shadow cannot hurt us. And then Barnhouse, the master illustrator, 
he replied, the truck of death ran over the Lord Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago so that only its shadow now passes over us. That is all that has happened to your mother. Only the shadow of death has passed over her. She is unharmed in heaven. And this is the comforting message tonight, dear friends. Unquestionably, of Psalm 23, the most loved song from the inspired pen of David. If there is one psalm that has encouraged more hearts, it is this beautiful masterpiece, probably the best-known passage of the entire Old Testament and maybe of the entire Scripture. As one historian said of this towering psalm, it has sung courage to the army of the disappointed. It has poured balm and consolation into the hearts of the sick, of the captives in dungeons, of widows in their pinching grief, of orphans in their loneliness. Dying soldiers have died as this psalm was read to them. Ghastly hospitals have been illuminated. It has visited the prisoner and broken his chains. It has made the dying Christian slave freer than his master. What a psalm it is. It's the pinnacle, isn't it, of them all. And such is the powerful peace that has filled the troubled souls of believers down through the centuries. None who have feasted at this banquet table of this beautiful psalm have gone away hungry. See it Spurgeon again, quoting him, he called it the pearl of psalms. Alexander McLaren, that noted Scottish expositor, he said this, it has dried many tears. It has supplied the mold into which many hearts have poured their peaceful faith. And James Montgomery Rice, a voice, a noted expositor of the Old Testament, he said, millions of people have memorized this psalm. Even those who have learned few other portions of Scripture. Ministers have used it to comfort people in the midst of severe trials, suffering illness or dying. For some, the words of this psalm have been the last words they have heard this side of eternity. This psalm, dear friends, I put it to you tonight, is the masterpiece of inspired praise testifying to the abundant grace and goodness of God to his people. And here is the testimony by David, the author, of the Lord's faithfulness as he looked back on his life. David wrote out of his own experience. 
as he'd spent his early years caring for the sheep. The image of a shepherd with his flock was engraved upon his mind to represent his relationship with God. What a picture. What a portrayal it is. And likewise, had David known what it was to travel and to be weary, he had enjoyed the wonder of the Lord's presence, even in the midst of all of these challenges of life. And of course, tonight we can testify that even in those darkest passages of life, the Lord has been with us. And whatever will face us into the future, and we know not, there's the untrodden path, but yet the Lord will be with us as our shepherd. And of course, it's a psalm of comfort and consolation. I'm going to just uh, dip into it a little bit tonight, and uh, maybe if I'm along next week again, I will continue it. But anyway, we'll look at the first number of verses here in the psalm tonight. The first four, if we can manage it uh, in the next little while. First of all, we see he is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd here. The psalmist represents his relationship to God as a sheep to his shepherd, not looking, lacking any rest or guidance or safety. David began this psalm by introducing the first metaphor that describes the relationship between the Lord and his people with the tender analogy of the shepherd and his flock. You see, David during his youth, as we have already mentioned, had been a shepherd. He'd been watching his father's flock. You go back there to 1 Samuel 16, and you will see that in chapter 17 as well. It is mentioned in 1 Samuel. So he's very familiar with the picture here. And transferring the image to God, he declared in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. And the sense is here, the Lord is shepherding me. The Lord is shepherding me. Eastern shepherds guarded their sheep. They led them. They provided food and water for them. They took care of them when they were weary and when they were bruised, when they were cut or sick, rescued them. When they strayed, knew their names, assisted in delivering their lambs, and in every way, simply loved them. And you'll notice here that he uses the word, my. The Lord is my shepherd. How deeply personal and close was his individual relationship with God. And all of us tonight who are saved, we can say that with emphasis. We can say, the Lord is my shepherd. And everything in the next verses that follow verse 1 flows out of this shepherd motive. 
Of course, he called believers my sheep because he died for them. Because the Father gave them to him. What is so amazing is that in ancient Israel, a shepherd's work was considered the lowest of all work. A shepherd would actually live with his sheep 24-7. A day with unwavering devotion, day and night. Both in the fair weather and bad. To nurture and guide and protect his sheep. The shepherd would assume full responsibility for the needs and safety of his flock. Even risking his life for their protection. And this is what God has chosen to be to his people. Isn't that wonderful? The Lord is my shepherd. And we read this again and again in the Psalms here, and just citing a few verses over a page or two there to Psalm 28 and verse 9. The 28th Psalm and verse 9, and it reads, The Lord is their strength. He is the saving strength of his anointed. Verse 8, Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. You see, the Lord is the Savior of his people. And he blesses his inheritance. And he feeds his people. Again, you can see the picture here. The 74th Psalm and the verse 1. The 74th Psalm and the verse 1. O God, why hast thou cast us off forever? Why dost thine anger Smoke against the sheep of thy pasture. The sheep of thy pasture. And so there are many other psalms that speak of the sheep. And the sheep related to the shepherd. And the Lord is the shepherd of his people. He is everything to his people. He is their constant protector. And how comforting that is to know that the Lord is looking after us. He is protecting us as his people through all the turmoils of life, through all the situations that we face. And you and I face many challenges and many dangers and many difficulties and much darkness at times. And yet, the Lord is my shepherd. We can all say that tonight who are saved by the grace of God. And then he goes on. I shall not want. You know, the Lord is described in Scripture to us as Jehovah Jireh. That means the Lord will provide. The Lord provides for his people so that we will not want. Because of the greatness of God and his constant loving care over his flock, David concluded here, I shall not want. He said in another place in the Psalms that he'd been young 
and he was now old. Yet he had not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Now, again, many of us can identify with those words tonight. I shall not want. Left to themselves, sheep lack everything. Being totally helpless, defenseless animals, they cannot care for themselves. But under the shepherd's care, all their needs are abundantly met. So it was for David, as well as for all believers. We are under the watchful care of a God who is all-sufficient, inexhaustible, unchanging. All of God's sheep are precious to him. You and I as individuals tonight are precious to the Lord. And we will not be in want. We will lack nothing that is good and necessary for enjoying life to the fullest extent. And then he goes on in verse 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. You know, sheep are fearful animals, easily panicked. Maybe many times you've experienced it and being in Ballygown for 18 years and having sheep farmers in the congregation, I know exactly what I'm talking about to some extent. Having on occasions seen the sheep panicking. Maybe a dog gets in there amongst them or another animal and causes the sheep to panic or even human being like you or I would cause them to panic. And so they're easily scared. And when they are scared, they will not lie down to rest only the shepherd can provide that calm assurance to make them lie down in green pastures or grassy meadows. This speaks of the true peace and satisfaction that only God can provide for his sheep. The margin renders these words pastures of tender grass. You may have it in the margin of your Bible. What a provision is provided for the sheep by the good shepherd. And then he says, He leadeth me beside the still waters. The waters of quietness. And again, you may have that in the margin of your Bible. That's how it's rendered. You see, the shepherd does not drive the sheep. He leads them. And that's a mark of the shepherd in the east particularly. He leads the sheep. Leads the sheep. Doesn't drive them. And he leads them gently. That's the thought. And the Bible tells us here, He leadeth me beside the still waters. The still waters. Of course, the waters that have been still. It further 
and illustrates for us the peaceful scene, still waters. And uh, you know, the Lord is also to us Jehovah Shalom. He is the Lord our peace, Judges 6, verse 24. The place of rest, the place of refreshing. And weary and worn sheep need a long refreshing drink from the stream. But being instinctively afraid of running water, the shepherd must pick up a few large stones and, and dam up a place, causing that rushing stream to slow its current and create quiet waters. Very important. Then the flock may drink with no fear. God gives true abiding peace to believers who abide in him and drink of his grace. The provision of the shepherd I shall not want. The peace with the shepherd beside the still waters. And that's where the Lord would bring us tonight in our Christian experience. Place of peace where we have peace in our hearts. Maybe you've come here tonight troubled. Troubled by your situation of life. Troubled by circumstances around you. Maybe things you can't even speak about to others. But the Lord is our peace. And the Lord gives us peace in the midst of the storm. And then verse 3. He restoreth my soul. May picture the straying sheep being brought back to the fold. In the Hebrew vernacular, these words can mean bring to repentance or bring to conversion. Psalm 19 and 7 uses the same wording to picture the spiritual renewal or revival of the believer. It says there in that verse, the law of the Lord is perfect converting, or the word is restoring the soul. He restoreth my soul. And the pathway with the shepherd is one of restoration. May it be so with all of us. If we've wandered from the fold, and at times we do wander, all of us, we do wander. And David had had this experience in his life when he had wandered, seriously wandered. And we do wander, oftentimes on a daily basis. But the Lord is gracious to us. And he restoreth our souls. You see, he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who healeth. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Exodus 15, 26. And again, you'll notice the words here. He leadeth me, verse 3, in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Unlike other animals, sheep lack a sense of direction. They can become easily lost. And maybe if you have some sheep on your farm or know about them, you will know exactly what I'm speaking about to be true. And even in the most familiar environment, they can become lost so easily. They go astray. They're prone to wandering. 
as we often are in our Christian lives. The shepherd must continually guide them in the right path. And the Lord says here, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness, or the right path. If we're to be moved, if the sheep are to be moved from field to field without falling into deep crevices or going off a, the side of a cliff or whatever they may be, how we need the shepherd to guide them so that they don't get into this situation. You see, the Bible speaks of the Lord as Jehovah Sekenu. He's the Lord our righteousness. Jeremiah 33, 16. And God by his word and spirit guides his flock effectively in the right way. All of this he does for his name's sake. This means for his honor, for his glory which is the highest of all his motives. Even when we sin and we do, God is committed to leading us back to the right path. And then quickly tonight, we have in verse 4 the protection of the shepherd. David here portrayed the shepherd as being able to protect his sheep in moments of greatest danger. Notice what it says here. In this wonderful verse, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The shepherd would lead his flock from one grazing place to another. A move which would often involve passing through a narrow valley between high Jagged cliffs, often filled with potential dangers, such as wild animals. The sun would be obstructed from shining into the valley, creating darkness and a shadow. And such a shadow in the valley would often become a place of death for the wandering sheep. Hence we have the words, the shadow of death. The thought conveyed in the phrase is that God leads his sheep through dark passages. Dark places. Even the presence of death itself. Yet even in such danger, the Lord was present to guard, to guide his flock. And then we have the presence of the shepherd. It says, for thou art with me. Isn't that wonderful tonight? Thou art with me. What blessed words are these. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The shepherd's rod was usually an oak club about two foot long. It was used to defend the flock against wild animals such as lions and bears, as well as for counting and guiding and protecting the sheep. You see, the Lord is Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Isn't that wonderful to me? The Lord is there. He's with you. And maybe you've been going through a dark passage. And maybe you are tonight going through a dark passage. But the Lord is there. He's with you. The shepherd's staff was his crook. 
bent or hooked at one end. It was used to pry the sheep loose from thickets or push back branches uh, that were in the way to pull fallen sheep out of holes, to lead them along narrow paths, to drive off snakes. Such tools were sources of comfort for fearful sheep and for David. David, as you read his life, you read of the multiple dangers he experienced. That God's word and loving hand were the most effective means of guiding and guarding his faithful servant. So the Lord is ever present with us through all the difficulties and dangers of life, the challenges we face. And the closer men and women we are to our shepherd, the safer we are and the more peace will fill our hearts. These are wonderful words. The words of the first four verses and all of the Psalms. We leave them with you tonight. Trust they'll be a blessing to your heart. And God willing, if we're here next week, we'll finish the psalm and think about the last two verses. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts. We'll come to the Lord in prayer and seek the Lord for blessing upon the work, the various aspects of the work. Remember uh, the meetings that have taken place already tonight. And of course, remember... Uh, the ongoing work of the church. And remember God's servant, uh, that he will continue to recover from his injuries and be back in the pulpit again, ministering the word as the Lord wills in uh, the days and weeks ahead. So remember that, please. And of course, the mission's going on. Reverend McRae is in, in uh, Randallstown, and Reverend McKee is in Murray. The mission's going on various places at this time. Do remember special efforts and we're thankful for hearing of the harvest at the weekend number of people that were in here and pray that god will work in hearts as a result of that remember the sick too um brother bert is in hospital is recovering well I saw him yesterday and uh, do continue to remember him and others too we need our prayers at this time let's seek the lord in prayer Gracious God and loving Father, we come into your presence tonight in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. We thank thee for your word to our hearts. We thank thee for the comfort of this wonderful psalm. O Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. And what a shepherd you've been to us and what a shepherd you are to us presently and what a shepherd you will be to us as we continue on in this life. And Lord, as we reach the end of our days, we thank thee that even in the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil, for thou art with us. And, O oh God, our Father, tonight we pray that you would bless your word to us, encourage the hearts of your people here tonight or listening in who are in need of comfort. We pray for thy servant, Lord, uh, the minister of this place, Lord, that thou wilt bless him, give him comfort to his wife and family in these days. These have been... Uh, trying days for them, and we pray to continue your hand upon them. We ask, Lord, that you'd remember, O oh God, the work of God here. We thank thee for the children who have been gathered in tonight. We thank thee, O oh God, for the ministry amongst them, the young people, and we pray that thou wilt work in hearts and lives as a result of these meetings tonight. And we pray that the seed sown 
will bear forth fruit for thy glory. We ask, O God, that thou wilt remember, O God, the ongoing ministry among the children in the Sunday school too, in the Lord's days, and bless, O God, the ministry of thy word that has gone forth in the past Lord's day. We thank you for the seed sown, and we pray while it was looking at the material harvest as far as giving thanks to God for that. We pray for the spiritual harvest in the hearts and lives of those who are not saved. We pray, Father, that you remember the, the meetings this Lord's day and thy servant who will come, that thou will bless him, that thou will fill him with the Holy Spirit, and that thou will use him even as an instrument in thine hand for thy glory. We pray for thy blessing, Lord, upon the work in every aspect for those who are hospitalized, our brother who's in hospital, and others who uh, at, at home who are aged and infirmed and cannot get out as they formerly did. We pray that thou will bless them, and we pray that thou will encourage them at this time. Bless every member of the church, every family, every individual. We pray for new people to be added to the church, and we pray that you'll work mightily in these days, that, O oh God, many will be drawn to saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So undertake, Lord, for the missions going on too. Bless there in Randallstown and Murray tonight, as thy servants even now preaching the word, that thou will bring souls to Christ. Other places too where the faithful word has been preached. Lord, move across our land in every city and town and village and hamlet. May there be the moving of the Spirit of God in saving power. Answer prayer. Be with us now. Lead us out. In believe in prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let's seek the Lord one after another.